Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. How do you get respect? I mean, everybody wants to be respected, right? How do we get to that place where we earned respect? I feel it's defined by your own internal actions. I've had this conversation a few times over the last few weeks. First guy I ever really worked with when I was in college, she was a store supervisor. And he had some very basic rules of, you know, be on time. If you're going to be late, call me. If you don't feel good, call me. They always said, if you're early, I will always respect you. So it shows that you care. Mm. Yeah, so that's a good form of respect for sure. You know, as, as you were saying that, be on time, communicate. Some of those things we learned from our past behaviors, right? Or our past uh, impressions. And uh, one of the conversations that Kevin and I keep on talking about is the worldview out there. What and how do we gain some of our experiences and our behaviors? And it stays to, you know, you think about respect. Where does respect fall into, under in that situation? Do we feel respected or do we respect others and why? It's a nice question. Yeah, it is a loaded question. I think if you ask also maybe factor in the different generations that are going, you might get a different answer depending on what generation a person comes from. Yeah. Yeah, there's a different meaning for respect, right? For some generations. Why don't we answer that? What is what is respect? Let's let's define it. What is respect? What does it mean? What does that word mean to all of you? What is respect? I use the term common courtesy. Okay. And, and the only way I could phrase it is, if you say there's a meeting at 8 a.m., be on time or be early, that's my initial, you know, instantaneous thought. I, I always come back to common courtesy. Okay. Common courtesy. That's one, that's the one a good answer, one viewpoint. For all of you, what's, uh, what's your idea of what is respect? The tough word to define. What, what does it mean? What does that word mean? I don't want to really say admiration, but I can't think of a better word. But sometimes it's just for the position and not necessarily for the person. So, you know, working in government, the board, um, for me at the university, the regents, the chancellor. So they have re my respect or, or a level of admiration simply because of their position. They're addressed and treated in a certain way as you know, you initiate a conversation with them. So for me, it's a certain level of admiration. Yeah. Just, I was talking to somebody yesterday about that. You know, um, if they are your leader, there is a certain respect that's already earned and given, whether you like them or not. Correct. You like the way they, they bleed or not, there is respect for the position. Thanks, India. I like that. Especially if they respect the position they're in, you know, if they see it as a honorable position to be in, and that it's one that they're responsible for leadership and they have a respect for the position as well. In recent 
U.S. politics. We've had examples of what happens when you don't respect high positions. We don't talk politics here. Yeah. yeah. Especially the Canadians in the room. Is there a difference between respecting their position versus respecting them as a person? Because you could have a leader that's, oh, yeah, you know, let's just say the president of the USA could respect the position, but the guy could just be an absolute jerk. So can you respect him on a human level? That's where my initial thing to Eva Deal's comment, well, you can respect him because they show up on time, but they can still be an asshole. You know, so that's where my head went on that. Uh, and, you know, same with Cindy. Yeah, they're in a great position. They've earned respect because of the position they play. But how are they as a human being? Is that a, is that a political statement, Steve? You're fine. I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian. <laughs> I don't think your politics down there are any better than ours. So, uh, Anyways, we're not going to talk politics. That is really not going to turn back the conversation right now. <laughs> okay, good idea. So what is respect? Okay, some good, good feedback, good answers so far. Let's keep, let's keep digging in. What is, what is respect? How do you define respect? Was it Cindy that used the word admiration? That's actually what's in the, um, you, I just Googled the report. What's the word, meaning of the word respect? A feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities. So that talks about the position qualities. That's something I think I alluded to in saying that they could be an idiot or their achievements. That's the, that's the, uh, Oxford languages definition. Right. Oddly enough, last night, I just read this article. It was um, an essay written by Ada Hegerberg, and it was about respect. And it was about how when she won the Palme de Bloom, a Palme de Bloom, it's, you know, the soccer award. It was the first one they ever gave to a woman. And mm -hmm. she won the first one. It. And the article was all about respect. That was what she wrote about. I, I was looking for an article, another article, and I happened to just read that after, where I, after. And for her, what it really meant throughout the whole essay, and it was about how she felt so much respect when she won, that she belonged, that everyone in the soccer world, like as a woman, and they actually had this award for the first time for women, and that she was there with all the men, Mbappe that won, and everybody else who had won, that the men that won, that she felt like she belonged there and they treated her like she belonged there and so that's so weird that i just read that and that's what we're talking about <laughs> literally i read it last night right before i went to bed and i thought it was really interesting that's what she chose to write about for this essay for this like magazine that's um athletes you know uh that, that write essays personal essays i like that example uh it's uh it's very fitting to this conversation that right now isn't it it's earning that position to get respect what does respect mean to you? Like, how do you earn respect? I would say it was similar to what was just said that for me, it's also about like showing up when you're, when the way that you say you will, not the way that someone else expects you to, but the way you say you will. Um, for me, that that's, that's the first part that comes to my mind when I think about earning respect from other people. Hmm. Do what you say you're going to do, basically. It seems basic, but I'll, so many people don't do that. Like part of my brand is that. Like yesterday, it was my first day back from a two-week vacation. My car wouldn't start, so I couldn't get to my client. And I like to over-deliver. So I like bake, I couldn't get to her no matter what, because AAA didn't come until three hours. They took waited that, that I'm going to get a battery to carry in my car for a charger. But anyways, I learned my lesson. But the point is that I over-delivered. I like gave her a free session. She didn't want it. She was like, I totally understand. It's no big deal. But I'm like, no, 
because that's part of my brand. So over, and I'm going to like support that and over deliver and give her a free session because of that. Because like I respect her time. Like I respect her that that was her time that she put aside to work with me, you know, for three hours and I'm not showing up. It doesn't matter that it's not my, you know, in a way, not my fault, but you know. Um, and so I think that that's a really important. But so I just find that so many people don't do that. They say one thing and they do something else. So often. And, like, I find it really hard to respect people like that. So that's why I say that. Yeah, like I love what you just said there, where you show up on time, you, you say what you're going to do. However, you also respect the other person. And that was the key part, I think. Just because you show up on time and you're the perfect person doesn't mean, not necessarily doesn't mean that you will get respected. Right. That's, right? that's, that's, a, that's a key point is that respect is, in my world, I think respect is a two-way street. Sure. And you don't also know what the other person considers to be respectful behavior. Exactly. So I might think, oh, what I'm doing is really respectful and they might want something else. I mean, that happens a lot, I think, that we want something else from somebody and they don't give it to us. <laughs> mm. And so that we don't, we don't feel like that we're respected. Like sometimes I just want someone to say sorry and then I can move on and then I'll feel respected. All I want is, I'm sorry. And they don't give me that. And so I can't respect them because they don't acknowledge that they made a mistake or that I, you know, if I say, wait, I feel like I was treated not so well. And just that one little word, I'm sorry, it would be, it would just make, I would just be able to, you know, let it go. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a group called Chicago who wrote a song to say, it's hard to say, I'm sorry. You might just want to play that for them. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. To keep that in my pocket. <laughs> I'm sorry is not words that are easy for some people. Yeah, it's not. And it, it really is hard to say I'm sorry. And interesting you say that, Sue, because saying sorry doesn't make you wrong. And sometimes it doesn't make it better. It just helps to build the bridge. Yeah. Is it safe to say that when somebody does say they're sorry, that your level of respect might go up for that person. Absolutely. A lot of heads nodding. Yeah, totally. It depends on how the sorry is said. Whether it's sincere. Lots of heads nodding there. Do they mean it? If you feel like they mean it. Mm-hmm. It's a whole conversation around how to say sorry properly. <laughs> yeah, it has to be genuine for sure and not just because they have to. Gene, I saw your mic come off. That means you want to say something. Oh, well... On that front, I think like respect as like a component of trust and same thing with are, are you then trusting the story? I think res we talk about respect and trust that all has to start internally. So if we're looking at across the board and say, I've done something that's offended Licky and he's like, dude, inappropriate. And here's how that impacted me. I can say, I'm sorry. And I can truly and honestly mean that. But maybe Licky's not in that place yet to let that land and hear that. And it comes down to, I think, as I'm hearing all this is like, are they the connective tissue or are they the, like to pay the toll to get on the highway, to build the connective tissue of a relationship with it in all of this is like, how do you start to pull some of the, all of this back and view the weight and significance of all the words that we're trying to define here on that road, of building a relationship between two people. Mm. So Gene, if I was to bottom line that, what I hear is understanding what the other person needs and whether they're ready for it at that point or not. Yeah. And that's, 
that's a fine example of respect. Yeah. And it's like, when you ask what's respect, and I think a big part of that is like meeting the people where they're at, not where you want them to be or not where your expectations, because then that's a real, that's coming from a you centric. But if you're deploying respect is like, can I respect and see the person where they're at and engage with them where they're at, regardless if I like it or how they are, but can I be there with them and w walk the next steps with them? To me, that's, that's, I would say how respect has been reformed in my life. Mm -hmm. That's a great example of a very fundamental level of showing respect. Yeah. Right. Respecting another person's humanity. And I think to do that, you have to respect your humanity as well. Right. Which is like, where the awareness forum is like, how are you going to bring that respect and that awareness of where you're at and then being able to deploy that to but wherever you're at, maybe put that aside. If you're going to say, I'm going to respect you in this moment, I'm going to go stand in your puddle and be with you. Good. Gene, you said something really interesting right there, which is self-respect. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting point? Uh, we're trying to respect others. If we don't respect ourselves and believe in ourselves, can we authentically respect others? I think it can become a bit of a double-edged sword at times. In my past, sometimes it's been easier to practice love and trust and respecting of others to practice, to build the muscle, to be like, oh, this is what respect feels like. And then you have that moment where you're working with somebody like Licky and he's like, makes you go look in the mirror and you're like, oh, now I have to use this on myself. Like, I think there's, there's a point that you can go and learn to do that with others, to then deploy that into yourself. Cause sometimes that's a real hard thing to do mm -hmm. on your own to take it for the long-term, I think that's only a short-term fix. Like long-term, you can't respect yourself. Well, that's going to project in every other aspect of you putting out respect elsewhere. Because if you can't be a person, you look in the mirror and go, I don't respect anything about me. Well, hey, that's going to influence how people interact with you. And then that's going to also influence how you kind of re-interact with them. Now take that further and go back to steve's reading of the oxford definition and cindy's use of the word admiration right can you suffer struggle with respecting yourself but still respect others think about that definition that's which is one aspect of respect a deep admiration a feeling of deep admiration for someone to answer that kevin i think it kind of depends on the where you're at with those two people like do you need to be surface level can you practice the surface level version of respect or like if it's a low amplitude issue that you're dealing with then those like light unpracticed skills can get you through something but if you're dealing with somebody that has is in the thick of something you, you don't have the ability to to be there with them to actually get into that and you may end up tripping all over whatever it is they're, they're dealing with, which then just causes them to feel less respected. And it's a snowball effect. I think it's like one of those, it depends. So back to the question, and I'm trying to correlate it with what you just said. If you struggle with self-respect, can you still admire somebody else? Can you, if you use to switch the words, cause yeah. in that definition, admiration, respect is admiration, right? With a low self-respect, can you still admire other people for their qualities 
If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. I'd say yes, right? And I think that's uh, important. I like that word, like that admiration is like, can I look at somebody and be like, cool, I want to have, be where they're at. I want to learn how to be, you know, who they are, are pieces of a gap, as the gap I identify of myself. And I want to work towards that. Having a worthy like milestone go, oh, it's possible. I think that's a component of pulling yourself out of wherever you are is to be able to see what you admire outside and go, how would that feel to wear that myself? That's interesting because that's back to Steve's comment right in the very beginning, you know, to earn respect, you give respect, right? Kind of what you just said, Gene, uh, uh, elaborated on it. That's an interesting, profound thought. Struggling with self-respect, but if I see somebody I admire and have respect for them, can that help me? Questions I keep on asking with my coaching clients is, how do I feel respected? I don't feel respected right now. And they're struggling with their peers or colleagues or managers that they just don't respect me. And inevitably, it ends up being work on themselves first before they can truly feel respected and respect others. And I'm not saying that's a blanket statement. That's what I've been working through right now with some of my clients. Kind of sounds like physician, heal thyself. <laughs> huh? Well, isn't that the, the, the case for self-compassion, self-love? Like Kristen Neff writes an <laughs> incredible series of books around that as well. Yeah. And to truly love others, you got to love yourself first. That's a, that's a deeper conversation. Yes. I shared a, an experience recently on uh, a post on LinkedIn, and it talked about... Uh, a time when I had won this very prestigious award and I couldn't handle the respect and admiration that I was getting from my peers and from my superiors. And I didn't feel deserving and none of it sat right with me. And I spent the evening in the bathroom crying. <laughs> so along with respect, you also have to feel like it's okay that you are respected and to be able to accept that and welcome it and, and say, yes, you know, I, I have learned some valuable skills or I do have some knowledge. I am worthy of respect. So as much as there is to earn it and to give it, you also have to feel deserving and be able to accept it. Very well since so very well said. And you do deserve that top salesperson award. And thanks for your vulnerability there as well, sharing your story. You bring up a really important aspect of this topic, which is when you struggle to receive respect. And that goes back to Licky's comment, right? Yeah, that that self worth. You know that the the struggles, those limiting beliefs. Kind of reminds me about, like with us, we went through 
you know, we deployed EOS in our company for the last number of years. And, and one of the first exercises we did was, uh, you know, this one thing exercise, right? And telling people, you know, we went around the room with our leadership team, like, hey, you know, Joe, uh, this is something I really appreciate about you. And that's tough for some people. It's like when somebody buys you a gift, it's like, oh, you shouldn't have, right? So for myself, personally, that's, I actually, you know, got a lot out of doing that because, you know, that was me. Like, oh, you shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have bought me that gift. Should have always, you know, you spent too much. Like we're self-deprecating that way, right? When we, when we, we get praise or um, acknowledgement or whatever. So, so how, how do you handle that, Steve? If somebody gives you and shows you really great respect, what's, what's a, what's a great way to handle that? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I'm just honestly learning how to say thank you and be grateful. Mm. You know, it's not as easy as it sounds, huh? It's not. It really is not, right? Especially, I mean, I think a lot of our past might play into how we, where we are on that spectrum, right? Whether, you know, we were always, you know, if we were always told we were dumb our whole life, well, we might have received that differently. If we were always given everything our whole life, uh, we might say like, that's ah, just another stupid thing you give me. So I think there's both ends of that spectrum, right? Depends where you are on your journey, I guess. Bob Berg says, uh, and he's got, he has five laws, and one of the laws is law of receiving. And he says, the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Because if we're all just givers, then nobody's receiving. So we have to stay open to receiving that's coming our way so that we can be true givers. Kind of reminds when you go for dinner with friends and then you fight over who's going to pay the bill, right? Yeah. No, 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 I'll get it. No, no, you got it last time. Well, you, you spent more last time than this, so I should do it this time. Blah, 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 blah. Back and forth, right? Yeah. And that's, that's an example I use in my stories all the time where there's four of you going in for dinner. They're all fighting for the bill. One person wins. I mean, the other three people lose. And they don't feel good. They want to do that. So allow that space. So anybody who wants to take me up for dinner, I'm open to the bill being paid. No problems. <laughs> I think we just go Dutch, right? We all just pay for our own and then it solves the issue. Yes. I love to argue over dinner bills, but the second time you ask and say you want to do it, it's all yours. <laughs> you got to draw the line. I mean, that's, you can't stay there all night. I was just thinking about a man uh, named Al, we call him Officer Howard. So for those who know my story, right, spent 33 months in a federal prison for a crime I didn't knowingly commit, even though I was guilty. And this this officer, this prison guard from the Federal Bureau of Prisons had the respect of pretty much every man in the, in the, in the uh, prison. And it wasn't because he wore a baton or carried a radio. This is, trust me, with one click of the switch on the radio, you'd have a whole swarm of them on top of you. But it wasn't because of that. He actually as Steve put it in the very beginning, showed respect always at the very basic level of humanity. And so as I was observing him, I, I was realizing that most of the guards treated the inmates like crap. Like you're just scum of the earth. You don't, you know, you don't belong in society. You're just not worthy of anybody's respect. And of course they got the same in return. Nobody respected any of them, but this particular officer Howard didn't matter who you were, 
how many times you'd been in there and trust me, there was guys in their lifetime of going back and forth in and out. And it didn't matter what you had done. He treated you with a great amount of respect, was kind to you, was, was interested in you. And because of that, it was amazing just how much, how many people respected him and even apologized to him if, if they felt like they disrespected him and you know, they'd never do that with anybody else. I think there's this element of show respect for somebody's humanity, no matter who they are, what they've done, where they've been, what they believe, what they say, show a level of respect and you'll earn some respect. That's just a basic foundation, right? There's, it gets more, much more complicated and much more situational. So let's turn it around and, and let's focus this for a moment on the workplace. You're the boss. And you want your team to respect you. You got to lead the way. How does that work? What do you mean, Gene? If you're going to be the leader or if you're going to choose to, because leader isn't necessarily a role, but like, if you're going to be a leader, then you have to choose to go first. That's part of the agreement is you go first. So if you're going to, just like you were saying from officer Howard's standpoint, if you're leading a team. You gotta see their humanity. You've got either one too many people that are reporting to you as, as their leaders. Like you gotta see each and, and every one of them individually, and then still find the space to pull them all together as a cohesive team. And like that, seeing the humanity as the team, showing them what it looks like when you're doing that with others and kind of giving them a, again, that aberration or that model to help maybe follow because chances are maybe they haven't seen that in the workplace or in other areas of their life is like, you get to set what that looks like. How are you going to work as a team? How are you going to speak as a team? How are you going to see them for when there's successes and how are you going to hold the space for when there's things that you need to work through and not necessarily come across as like a disciplinarian, but like say, Hey, here's where things have got dropped and going, what's happening with you? That's, that's not normal. Is everything all right. Scheduling. So there's a, there's a basic level of just respecting your team at a humanity level. What are some behaviors you, you just described a couple of behaviors. What are some behaviors you might think about a boss you've had in the past that you, you know, to draw from, but what do you, what's some, what are some behaviors that will allow people to respect you kind of be, what are respectful behaviors that you can do as a boss? Definitely to tell the truth and to follow through. And if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. Being honorable and standing behind your word and standing behind the company and standing behind you and supporting you when either things go sideways or having your back. And that is certainly when I look back on leaders that I've had that are really impactful to my life. Those are the qualities that I have certainly respected and kept with me in, in my heart for my entire career. And those are the reasons why. Mm. I like that, Sue. And what, what I'm hearing there is stand up for your peers and your employees uh, at, no, at no cost. The other thing that I, I hear in underlying in this conversation is having empathy and really understanding what 
your team needs and how they want to be treated and, and spoken with. Everybody has different styles. Some people may not want the, the fluffy stuff and some people might. It's literally asking your peers, how do you want to be led? That's probably a good way of starting as well. You know, it's interesting you said that, Licky. I was talking with a client yesterday, I think it was. She had a boss that, in her opinion, she couldn't stand this boss. Very abrupt, very brash, very unrelatable. But she was talking to a colleague, a peer in the organization. The boss is no longer with the company. He was uh, asked basically to go ahead and find another place to, to be his way. And, uh, she was talking to another colleague who actually said, oh, I, I had a lot of respect for him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what, really? She goes, oh, he was a jerk. You know, quite boldly, she said, she, you know, oh, no, he was a jerk. But I really liked the fact that he just told me the way it was. Didn't care about whether or not I liked it or not. And so to your point, Licky, it's like, yeah, there's people want to receive even differently. Different lenses for different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I have a little note, sticky note on my, my PC monitor here. It says, don't choose to be confused. And I know if, you know, Kevin started out by asking, like, if you think about a boss or something, you know, I think the ones for me that, you know, brought clarity, like, so communicated with clarity, treated you like a human being, and then also ate their own dog food, so to speak. In other words, don't tell me, like, this is the way we do things here. And then they don't do them that way. You know, like, so, you know, leading that I guess it'd be the easy way to say is the leading by example, like this is how we do it. Let me show you how to do it. They model how I want it done. Let's let me bring clarity to our conversation so that there's like, no, no, Hey, I thought this is what you said. Like, so if we can find a way to bring clarity, treat people like a human being end of the day in a workplace environment, there are still things that have to get done. So let's just bring clarity to the conversation so that everybody knows what their role is, what's expected of their role, what's expected from, you know, culturally, from a conversational, how we treat one another perspective, all those things. I think, I think it's a big holistic picture of what that might look like in the workplace, right? So the golden rule, treat others with respect, do what you say, I think for me is, is how I would define it. Mm. Recently, right before I left for vacation, my last meeting with my business manager, the way that she heard something that I said, I said something and she heard something different that I didn't say. And in my head, that's because that wasn't exactly what I said. And so she was upset. And so I said to her, okay, so in the future, how would you want me to say that to you? And she actually gave me this language that this is how I would want you to say it. So I wrote that down, put it in my manual for me of things, of ways to remember to say it in a different way, even though to me, it was more fluffy and didn't seem really kind of direct. Like I'm more the direct kind, not mean direct like that other guy you were talking about, but I don't like beat around the bush. You know, I'll just say exactly what I'm thinking. So I think that that was helpful for me to hear exactly from her, like what you just said that, you know, maybe someone has a different idea. They interpret things in a different way. They hear something different. Like if you say it's cold outside, they hear, well, I don't want to go running, even though you didn't say that. You just said it was cold outside. So, you know what I mean? Like you have to, I think, ask people. So that helped me to ask her. Nice. Well, that's exactly what I mean when I say it's cold outside. I'm not going running. Right. But in my I'm head, when kidding. I say that, that's all I mean. I don't like, you know, but, but I've, I've realized a lot of people hear something in addition to what you say. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then they act on that, what they hear that you never said. <laughs> yeah, they put their own, they'll put their own meanings based on where their limiting beliefs are, what they want to hear. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Your version of cold is different than Kevin's version of cold. So, you know, uh, there lies the difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, also whatever they bring to the table, their personality, their recordings, all of that comes into play. I wonder if you uh, threw in the word curiosity in this conversation a little bit more. Kevin's version of cold is different than my version of cold. Kevin could just ask me, what is your version of cold? How cold do you like it to be? And getting curious as opposed to either ignoring it or believing what you want to believe. That's interesting. It's like, then does curious become part of the power plant of what respect is? Because going back to like being, seeing them for who they are, well, then you have to actually be curious about having to see them for who they are. And to like Erica's point, like adding to your manual of how that person wants to receive. If you're a leader, then you kind of have to know how they like to receive it. And it doesn't mean that you're changing who you are. You're speaking to that client or that, that team member so that they can receive the message. And so that you're, you're choosing not to be confusing to, you know, that was a great posted as well. Like if you understand who they are and you're curious, but you have to be curious. So then you can choose not to be confusing. Yeah. I love that curiosity. Uh, like, I think that's a, I think that may be, um, a huge part of respect, uh, especially if, if I read this second definition of respect, uh, from the Oxford dictionary, the, uh, you know, there's sometimes one or two or three different definitions. The number, the second one is due regard for the feelings, wishes, rights, or traditions of others, right? Well, it takes curiosity to understand what those wishes, feelings, rights, and traditions are, right? You have to ask, you have to get to know, you have to, you have to want to know. That's curiosity. I really want to know. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. You know, what's coming up for me is we've, we've said all these different ideas is just real authentic conversations between two people with empathy, care, and love is understanding each other, just truly understanding where they're coming from, where you're coming from and allowing that relationship to build so you understand each other and as a foundation, understanding what they need to be a good start. Do you have to respect the whole person to do that? Well, how do you not respect them if you don't know them? But I think you can respect parts of people and not, you don't have to respect every part of them. I had a business coach once and there was a lot of things I did not respect about her. And I just decided halfway through the program, I'm just going to like concentrate on the things that I do respect, what I do respect about her and take the, like, take from that and just let go of all, you know, the other bits <laughs> and, let, and oh, just sort of overlook that. <laughs> Because she did have some really strong points. And if I was going to get caught up and I have to respect all of her, then I wasn't going to get as much out of it, the relationship. Yeah. That's true. And, and you know, as a coach, one of the first things I ask my clients is, how do you want to be coached? 
do you want to be coached hard, easy, accountable? If, if I don't know, I'm not going to be able to work with you in that way. So it's, it's interesting you said that. But back to what Kevin was saying, do you have to respect the other person to get that started? Or what if you don't respect the other person? Clarify the, the hat. Do you have to respect the whole person in order to start that connection of a relationship? Neil, you were going to say something? Yeah. Here's just an interesting example. A number of years ago, we had a uh, phone interview with a company. I was living on the East Coast Center. Phone interview with a, a company here. Now, I didn't even know that there were going to be two people on the call. And you would think when you're speaking to somebody who lives in one part of the country, looking to another part of the country, they would take five minutes to get to know you as a person because if they decide to hire you, they're making an investment in you as a person. And it got to such a point, they were more concerned about getting a person into the role without asking any other questions. And it was to a point where when I asked, I said, I'm curious as to why, you know, I was very transparent. I said, I've seen the role open before, you know, what's happened? And they were really disrespectful of me on the phone. Finished it up, took a deep breath and said, I can't work for people like this. Because pulling out what I heard was like, they were going to hire somebody, drop them in the role and not set them up for success. But they never got to internally say, hey, you know what, why are you interested in relocating or anything like that? You know, because again, it's like you want somebody at least get to know you and know part of the why in the the big picture of it. But I just remember where the conversation was. I remember getting off the phone and I was furious because I'm like, this is how you treat a potential candidate. There was no respect given. So it's it's one of those where you have to be more self-aware of even when... I know in networking events, you start to get a feel of like who's authentic and who's kind of like looking to just generate a sales lead. Neil, on that fascinating observation, back to my question, I'm going to turn it around because I think you bring up a really good point. My question was, do you have to respect the whole person in order to, to do as like you said, to get to connect and to, to go deeper into a relationship? And there was a lot of heads nodding. No, you don't have to respect the whole person, but let me flip it around. If you have disrespect for any aspect of that person, will that reduce the chance of you wanting to connect with that person? I'd say yes. It depends also what part of the personality. Like, is it something that's important to relationship? Is it something small? Because I, nobody's perfect, and you have to you have to accept people as they are. So there's like there's a fine line between that, and if it's something that is really egregious that is it just goes against the grain of everything that you stand for then that can get in the way but if i think of the people that i work with and my friends there's so many things that see sometimes seem important to me that i go you know what but i have to let go of that and accept them i'm not perfect either they're gonna have to accept me and i think it goes back to what we talked about a while a long time ago about also being being able to be vulnerable Like you talked about having a genuine conversation between two people. And I think there has to be some vulnerability there. And I can think of so many times where I had to be really vulnerable and and own up to my part or to say, this is how I'm feeling. And I felt scared to do that, but that made it 
more genuine and me also able to accept those other parts that maybe it's okay for me to let go of and accept that about the person. Erica, thank you. That's, that, that was so key what you just said. By you being vulnerable, you allowed somebody else into that space. Uh, while you were holding that guard up of not being vulnerable, people coming in were being deflected into that space. And that could have been that space that people didn't trust or respect in their minds. But in your mind, you were just being guarded. Protecting ourselves. Like that's yeah. We- yeah, protecting yourself, having a facade, having a guard. Kevin, when you say disrespect a portion of that person or part of that person, what if we just say add trust to that? If I don't trust that person for one thing or something, can I trust that person entirely? Uh, it's a great question. I do think it's a different question. Well, trust and respect is very mutual, though. Yeah, I don't know. Can you respect someone that you don't trust? Right. I think that they're certainly not mutually exclusive. But trust them for what? Like, there's some of my friends I would never trust to pick me up at the airport when they say they will, and others that I will, but I respect them for other, other parts of their personality. You know, does that make sense? It does. That's where I was going with this, sir. Yeah. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, the trust conversation wholeheartedly, I totally agree. If you don't trust somebody for something, is that a red red flag? Just the question was the respect, though. If you disrespect something about an individual, can we overlook that and still want to connect and get to know that person deeper? Yes. But as a leader, Mm. if you don't trust your leader can you respect them but do you mean overall trust what do you mean by that because i do think they're tell you the truth kind of trust because then i would say no if someone isn't going to be like upfront tell you the truth then you know then no that's a major breakdown Mm -hmm. but if you like i said if you can't trust them to sometimes always show up for meetings there are some people who just can never show up we're a meeting on time, right? You can't trust them to do that, right? Rely on them, trust them. I can, See, and I'm afraid if my leader is always late for meetings and can't organize himself, mm-hmm. I wouldn't respect that. So is there anything that you could, <laughs> like, that would be, okay, yeah, I don't trust them in this, but overall I trust them? Is there something you could... On a personal level, yes, but um, I guess maybe I expect more from my leaders. I see. Good point, Sue. I love that you brought up the uh, word expect. Would it be safe to say that the vast majority of us have high expectations of those who lead us? Higher than. Higher than whatever. Yeah. Well, and vice versa, though. We have high expectations of the people that we're leading. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's the other key. Like Steve, you said something earlier about do what you say, but also something uh, to the fact that I have to show up and do what I need to do, and they should be able to do the same thing. When you were saying that, I put on the owner hat. And owner's owner's responsibility is different than the employee's responsibility. And that's that key difference that we have to make sure that they understand and you understand as well. That expectation that we have on people sometimes. And when they don't meet those expectations, we automatically distrust or disrespect them. And that's the interesting part of like, if you factor in, you know, a lot of these conversations into that, like I do have high expectations for myself. 
I also have high expectations for my employees, but at the same time, am I having too high of expectations for them? Or am I expecting something of them that they are not capable of doing? Right. And that's, I think he's called Gene, I think said, you know, being curious. I mean, like the whole thing about blind spots and understanding, you know, when you say A, it might mean B to somebody else and, and all these kinds of clarity and all these, all these conversations we've already had, I think we've got to find a holistic way to like bring all of these things into every conversation. And it's depending on who we're talking to trust. It's, it, it's respect, it, it's expectations. It's all, all those things, right? Uh, life is complex. If you start thinking about it all, right. That's, that's why we're here trying to help each other navigate it all. It's interesting. So that, um, Tony Robbins, like him or not like him, he says something, he says, trade your expectations for appreciation and life changes instantly. I have an interesting, um, quick little thing about respecting one's leader. I was, um, had this situation at work where I had to 100% kind of give up my position and turn it over to my leader to handle. And I wanted really not to <clears throat> competitor, right? I wanted to go in like a bull in a china shop. And um, I have enough respect in my leader that I was able to say, all right, I give up. You may handle it. And however you handle it, I will trust that you will get our point across you will manage clients' expectations and all will be fine. Without that trust, number one, and respect, number two, I never could have given up my position in this particular issue. And that is the value of having respect and trust in your leader. You mean, well said. And I'd like our next conversation to be about being blamed for something you didn't do, <laughs> how to manage it, how to, yeah, that's for next week. All right. Cliffhanger <clears throat> for everybody to come back next week. I, lo- I like the, the point you just made, Sue, and, uh, and all the points that have been made today, trust and respect do go hand in hand. Oftentimes though they're separate, there's a lot of interplay between the two and as a leader, it's paramount, paramount that we earn the trust and respect, right? We can't just expect it, especially because we've got the title. Cindy said early in the conversation, you know, you can respect the office or you can respect the position without respecting the person, but that positional leadership will only take you so far and it will only take the, the team so far. Because if you want to really get the most out of your team, you want them to rise up and give you voluntarily choose to give you as a leader, the, their 110% energy, then you have to earn that. You can't just expect that. You, you all agree with that? 100% Kevin. As we wrap up, thanks Kevin on that. Trusting others, respecting others could possibly start by trusting yourself and respecting yourself as well. Any other good takeaways before we wrap up for the day? That respects a, uh, a, a word built up of a, many other little words and they all add come to like a brick house of what that respect's going to be. And 
and not looking at it for the facade that it is, but what actually goes into making that respect. And it's kind of like with respect, you want to understand how the sausage is made and really know what all the ingredients go into making it for you. Good. Well, I'll leave you with a challenge and anybody who's in leadership, the challenge goes to all leaders. Learn to lead, not from position or title, but just learn to lead by earning people's trust and respect. It's a different paradigm and it takes work. Might start as like you brought up, might start with self-respect, but one way or another, it takes a very deliberate effort to shift from I'm the boss, you do as I say, to earning and influencing and inspiring your people to rise up. And on that note, it is top of the hour. Thanks again for joining us. And it's been a great conversation. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday or any Thursday that you can join us here for Leadership Farm. Till then, make it a great week, everybody. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage podcast brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.